Medic won't be winning today because House Spouse has opened up the shoulders and away it went. It'll win on debut, all right? It will absolutely spank them. House Spouse goes away and wins and does so impressively. Welcome to Vet Doctor, a behind the curtain look at how pro punters operate. I'm your host, Scoot. I'm joined by the punters punter, DK. Morning, Scoot. How yes. are you? Going well, yes. Up and still, about. Still ticking along all right. Yeah, going all right. Nico. Nico Noonan back on track. Yeah, good to be back on track uh, last Saturday and Wednesday. So life's getting back to a bit of uh, normality here, which is good. Quick question. How many were out at uh, Caulfield on Saturday? Oh, gee, not many. Um, not 5,000, I'll give you the tip. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe 1,500, sort of around that. Maybe 2,000. Um yeah, just because it's so spread out, some of these tracks, it's kind of hard to tell. But um, it was a good day out. And, um, no real sort of complaints from me from sort of how I operate and everyone I sort of talk to on the track. So, um, yeah, well done to the the MRC. I suppose the meeting at Soundown and Caulfield uh, runs smoothly um, mm. in terms of punting. So from punter's point of view, so, um, yeah, no complaints there at all. And what about Sandown yesterday? How many people there, would you say? <laughs> Maybe 500. Maybe owners mainly and owners, whatnot. industry no. workers, yep. bookies. Yep. So maybe so, five hundred fans, but uh, yeah, owners and the like definitely got around it. Um, actually had a horse running yesterday at Soundown, so McPop actually came out to the races for the that. first time in saw, twenty cool. years, and that missed a start by two lengths. So that's <laughs> just that. a great game, isn't it? <laughs> oh, well, I think uh, that there's proof. I think the RV should uh, take that and run with it. The crowds we saw probably just an essential crowd and some owners and fans and punters. Why don't we just have a cap where there's 2,000 people or 1,000 people that are, call them industry essential workers. You apply for the permit as you would or other people, syndicators, owners, and the first like first in, first first come serve. So I, yeah. I can't see why because I can't see this COVID problem going away, not for a very long time. We're just going to be bouncing in and out of this absolute saga and the bullshit. And you can see, you know, we're, we're playing Mickey Mouse stuff with the AFL crowds. RV should get on the front foot and support you, support the bookies and support everyone that needs to be there. And as you say, the racetrack is a massive place and there's no harm surely in having how many you had yesterday at Sandown, maybe 500 people max and then a total of 1,500 at Caulfield. I think it's an opportune time for another level of accreditation to make sure that people can still make an earn. Like, it's so important that other people can still move around and, and get through this. Yeah, yeah, no, it sounds, sounds like a... The right idea, Scoot. Yeah, they've made, and they've, to their credit, they've been on the front foot. They're trying. They're trying, and they've kept racing going through all this sort of stuff, which has been great. But yeah, but yeah, just rethinking it because it's a, it's a got to evolve. It's an evolving situation the whole time, and um, <laughs> I had to believe every every other state's in cast, and we're we're we're, we're all right, and that's how it's going to be. It's going to yo yo and everything. Next time we'll be off, and they'll be fine. But anyway, as you said, it's not ending anytime soon. The other, uh, the other rule that needs some adjustment is what happened in Sydney last Saturday, and it's another COVID uh, clangor. Randwick moved to Rose Hill. The track changed, but the bet stood. So as a punter, that sort of grades you up. So the you can ring up and you can cancel the bets, and that creates another admin nightmare for the bookmakers, a real grey area. Some people would be having free swings and saying, oh, I didn't know, and all this sort of stuff with their early bets, and I just bet and set and forget. And it causes an absolute bit of chaos for Tristan and the guys who said and publicly said, oh, you know, you can cancel your bets or whatever. But how is it possible that it's just not as soon as the venue changes, all bets are just void and you reset the whole market? If you have a 1,000-metre race at Caulfield, and I bet into that on Wednesday or as soon as final fields come open, if you move it to Flemington, the, the difference between a 1,000-metre race at Caulfield and Flemington 
up the straight is completely different. I don't want that bet to stand whatsoever, and nor should the punter. And a lot of times, I'm not even not just not on the metros, but the country meetings when they change, and they yeah. change the distances. Unbelievable. 1100 becomes, oh, we don't have 1100 start at that track, it becomes 1000 or 1200. Don't want you. Of course, you don't want your ticket there. So it's a blanket rule on Racing Australia, is it? It's just not New South Wales? Well, do you need to change it? It yeah. just needs a complete overhaul. If you change the distance or if you change the track, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just yeah. needs a whole a whole rethink. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I suppose you've got the other side, though, if you've taken. $21 about a horse is into $6 and they void all the bets and then, you know, they reopen the market up at 6 Well, there's always going to be that sort of argument as well. But I think definitely if they change the distances or, yeah, it would be an interesting situation. Look, I didn't have a bet, an early bet in Sydney on Saturday, so it didn't affect me. But I know people who did who, mm. you know, going from Ramwick to Rose Hill, completely different tracks really in the way they've been playing recently. Rose Hill's been a lot sort of more of up the inside than Ramwick has been. It was pretty good there on Saturday, actually. Played pretty fair, but it's just a whole different ball game, isn't it? You completely change the way you do form. You might have, you might have done six hours in the meeting, and then you go and do another two just to readjust, readjust your maps and all those kinds of things. So, yeah, it's just an- another one of those things you have to deal with as a punter. Mm. Mm. And uh, I think uh, our angry little man up at the Gold Coast is... You'll uh, the man to ask. Well, yeah, we'll ask him about uh, Sydney tracks, and then we'll also ask him there was a bit of a, a problem with a runner... It was really fancy, this runner, and it said that the earmuffs were going to be taken off in the race, and it's ended up racing with earmuffs on throughout the race, and it's ended up getting beaten a length or length and a half, and then the stewards have retrospectively put in that the earmuffs should have should have been on for the whole what? time. So it's a grey area, and I'll, I'll let Walt sort of elaborate on that. But um, it's, out wide meeting or something, was it? It wouldn't have been, surely not. A, I think it was on Sunday. It. Sunday, was it? It was a Sunday meeting, but this horse was hard in the market. Yeah, well, that's, that's yeah, that stuff. And a stark difference. Uh, yeah, yeah, earmuffs can make them doughy and all that sort of stuff. That's one of the reasons. Yeah, so they uh, put them on. Yeah, yeah. Mm, so yeah. we'll uh, we'll talk to him about that. But uh, the DK out wide, the show rolls on. House rolls spouse, on. easy spouse. fair income. Yeah, both, well, both three wide the trip, but um, House Spouse put a hole in him, just absolutely good. pissed well, that him. Was, that was the. Um, I was watching House Spouse, and I thought six hundred. I thought, oh, we could be in a bit of trouble here. And then about three strides <laughs> oh, over, like, this is over, all over, <laughs> absolutely over. But when he wrote it like that, I thought, oh, Paddy's just told him to keep this out of trouble. Yeah, because we were, I was hoping. I thought, oh, medic, medic was a. I mean, that was a great scenario in your punter. The, the favourite you put up, your half pot, and so it's not much good, medic. And I got this other horse, and just double check all its trials and everything, and say, you've got enough talent to win. You look like a nice horse because it pretty much trialed as good as one of Paddy's trials, you know. Um, and then when he sat three wide the trip, I'm saying, I'm tip, I've just Paddy told Debbie Gordon, just keep this out of trouble. And that was the game. It's got pa- had panels on him, you know, so that was good. But and then we went, we played fair income on the synth, though. You started to become show your hand as a bit of a synth, though. Yeah, sort of adapted, to the, adapted to the synth. Though. And that was, um, it was like Jay Allen was went on that horse. And Mitch Friedman said before the race, oh, he's just told Johnny, get him in a good rhythm, you know. And that meant that Johnny had to be three wide. Okay, but the beauty, it's moment, their momentum tracks. Yeah. Don't mind them being a bit wide, was able to build up. Um, I sort of was a bit harsh on the thing they backed the leader there because it was coming off a, it was coming off a four, second up of a long spell, four-day backup mm. of what I thought was being emptied out last Friday. She, like she led on it like she ran it the other day. And I thought, hey, you're going to back up off that four days later. You know, so I was harsh on it and harsh on the other thing. But, geez, the market, $6 to three eighty. They said, oh, I've got the stagger. Oh. They love a horse on the seven-day back up the big the big. Seven days they do. and But, yeah. All, they didn't all care. less. Yeah, but they, all they cared about was, was track and distance and apples to apples. Mm, like, mm. It ran, it led and ran really well over 1,200 at Ballarat on the poly. Um, 
ran second on Friday and they just said, well, you can do that again four days later. It doesn't matter about, we're not worried about, you're not packing up. So they do love, yeah, they do love a seven day backup. So I, I learned, you know, I learned from that. I said, next time, okay, don't be so harsh on a horse like that. Just, you know, the markers told you they like it. So you take lessons out of it. But thank God, um, yeah, I, I backed that horse because I thought he'd be strong late for us and he was strong late for us, you know. So um, anyways, but still you get the, get the wobbles when you're taking even money, but anyway. If you haven't uh, resubscribed to DK stuff, make sure you do. Three fifty for the next six months, and uh, Nico's stuff Pres- is ready for renewals too. If you're not just on the weekly or monthly, yeah. Uh, so we've renew- had a, we've had another press on. We thought we'll run into got got away with that one with Jay Allen on Tuesday, so we'll go Jay Allen again today. Yeah, you got uh, one today. Got one today, so I've cheery down. Have Johnny can lift it down. <laughs> Uh, the man with the golden gun, DK, he's absolutely on fire. Today's show is going to be an absolute beauty. Racing back at Murray Bridge, Shane Adair is going to be back on the show. Uh, we've got Flemington with Nico Noonan back at headquarters and Rosie Hill with uh, Johnny Walter from Racing Watch. So we'll push some of his buttons. Make sure if you're betting this weekend, you check out punningform.com.au. They've got Barrier, they've got Lane. Uh, new statistics there and jockey and trainer stats also. So you can uh, be a sectional pro form subscriber for two ninety seven a month. All of us guys in here absolutely love it. And uh, you can pick up lots of different patterns in uh, how you assess the form. And uh, the benchmark splits are definitely a game changer. You can, actually, yeah, right, you yeah. can see what the horses are doing. So it might look like a flashy run, but uh, the horse has gone yeah. no good and, and vice versa. So without that, it's... Uh, yeah, it's. I feel like a blind mice without using uh, punningform.com.au. It is fantastic. We'll uh, take a quick break and uh, we'll get beat the bag and we'll get Shane Adair to talk about Murray Bridge just next. Welcome back to Bet Doctor. Behind the curtain, look at how pro punters operate. I'm your host, Scoot. I'm joined by DK and Nico Noonan in studio. But now it's time to talk Murray Bridge with our man, Shane Adair, beat the bagman. How are you? I'm good, guys, and uh, I guess this segment should be really taken over by DK after <laughs> sending out Frankie Pino at well, almost $10, um, I'm sure, is a massive – another fill-up for the DK for uh, all his subscribers as well of his out-wide service. The, uh, the guy can do no wrong. We're just starting to rub in, in here, Shane. He comes in the door. I just give him a rub like those little gold Buddhas that you see on the desk. He's that lucky at the moment. <laughs> it was, yeah. That was good. Well, I only turned that race. I only put the volume up when they were coming. I said, oh, Bagman's got a Lakes Folly or something in this race. And there it was. I was watching Lakes Folly. And then, sure enough, Frankie Pino straight yeah. past it. Of course. Oh, sick. I oh look at it. it. Oh, I just <laughs> wandered in. I just had a bit of a look. Oh, look at it. It's so casual. Uh, what about Murray Bridge this weekend? Oh, I've been betting on Murray Bridge a little bit uh, more often, thanks to you, Bagman. But is. Is the Murray Bridge racetrack the best thing that's happened to SA Racing since Racing.com started to telecast the races to put more eyeballs on the SA ponies? It's a uh, fantastic track for horse racing. Look, as a spectator, it's a little bit open, maybe a little bit windy, but as a actual horse and I guess the way the horses pull up too with the uh, how good the surface is there because everyone runner a chance. I, I guess I would liken it to uh, a Pakenham uh, in yes. Victoria. Um, yeah, just a really good horse racing track. Mm, it's been a game changer. Oh, yeah, I, I love it. I didn't really pay a heap of attention to Adelaide outside the Morfittville meetings. but uh, seems a very fair track looks as well. Super like, fair. Horses get back off the inside. They can run on. Leaders can stick on, whereas mm. – you, know, you look at the parks track and the like, and sometimes Morfordville can be advantage one spot of the track, whereas I'd say nine times out of ten, Murray Bridge looks like you can win from anywhere. Mm. So. But you can find runners that aren't suited there and then they go out to Murray Bridge and 
They look good bets. Yeah. How often are they having? But is it one time a month they're having a standalone Saturday there, Bagman, more or less? Or yeah, on average, it would work out to about that. I, I'd like to see it probably part of the Saturday circuit myself. I think the establishment's good enough for that. Um, I think more for Bill. Um, then bridge and then maybe a couple less meetings at the parks would probably suit South Australian racing. I think the more we can use that venue, the better. Mm. Yep. And give the uh, give the Morfittville tracks a little bit of a spell, and I'm mm. sure that'd do it the world of good. Let's uh, let's try and find a winner out there this Saturday. We're going to have a look at uh, race three, the Beyond Ink handicap. To my surprise, it's not a tattoo parlor. I think it's a uh, a house design and an architecture <laughs> sort of set up Beyond Ink. And uh, Pindarek's the favourite there, two fifty. Uh, street tough from the Clarken Yard, four into three ninety. Left hand man, six dollars. Uh, Lara Chess is being seven fifty into seven. And then we're starting to get outside the market there with Flying Award at fifteen dollars and nineteen dollars, uh, ch- just chipping away. But uh, surprise, surprise, we're going to have a look at uh, the Opperman and Clarken combo. And here it is uh, at Murray Bridge a few weeks ago. Yeah, well, it wouldn't be a bagman segment without coming on and tipping a clarker run, isn't that right, DK? Absolutely, so here we go. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and you'd have a double this. whammy with Jay Opperman as well. Oh, that's right. DK will be loading up. This is Street Tough. He's out in front at the moment in the uh, green and white. He gets run down late by too good, too hard. This uh, race was a benchmark 84. Look, he comes back to a benchmark 78. I think second up is a uh, big improvement for the horse as well. I think he'll get a nice run on speed. He looks awfully hard to beat. I think our favourite, Pindaric, he's going to have to run a career peak here to win this. He's first up. His racing has been in the, I guess, the lower benchmark 60s. He hasn't done a lot wrong, as you can see, with the four wins from four starts. But he's going to have to go to a career high today. I think street tough at the price represents a lot better value bet. Mm, he was first up that day, Nico, and uh, you see a little bit of a bit of a sweat down the shoulder. When a horse is first up and they're sweaty uh, in behind and then down the shoulder or they go to pieces behind the barriers, what does that usually tell you? Oh, it just means they can improve, which yep. was the main thing I'd take out of that. Um, especially even you see them in the jump outs and trials, they do that as well. Sometimes they sweat up a lot. So, um, yeah, I just think it's a, a fitness sort of point of thing and uh, those sort of factors that when a horse does do that, I think you can definitely um, make the case to have improvement to come out of that. This is a pretty interesting race. Like Bagman sort of touched on the favourite um, Pindaric, you got a few horses sort of that have been coming over to Victoria. Flying Award last spring was nearly favourite for the Caulfield Guineas. Now Crazy. he's gone around in a benchmark 78. Mm. Um, it's hard to believe, $16 isn't it? and yeah. looks completely in the wilderness. What did you make of his first up run, Bagman? Look, I thought it was sound enough. He's another one who represents a, a good value bet, I thought. Um, had Pindaric uh, second pick at around $3.80, so I'm uh, happy to entertain a few around these. And Street Tough, I had around $3.00. Mm. Yeah, it's a uh, massive fall from grace, but um, I like that you're taking on uh, the picket fence runner and especially first up and that horse by the uh, look of him, he looks like he'll improve. And that uh, that form, that form line's great. And I love when Bagman uh, finds a horse dropping back in class that's uh, run an absolute bottler first up. That is a recipe. That's the recipe. That's a recipe for success. I'm picking up that pattern with his analysis. So uh, let's uh, let's mark that one down, street tough. And if the Clark and money just keeps lobbing, 
Uh, no doubt it will be around the mark. Hopefully uh, that's the one Will fancies. Little birdie tells me he's going to load up on one this weekend, so that could be the one. I'll try and tweet it out or share it once I get that mail. So uh, stay tuned there. Let's have a look at uh, this, the next race here, race seven. It's the uh, happy birthday Alana handicap over 1,400 metres. We've got uh, odds courtesy of Top Sport here, and the favourite here is Melody Man, 420 into 380. Greetings, Ned, $4. Uh, Motel, $7. Short Stories, $10. Uh, Just Folk has been nine fifty out to 11 and Van City Gem has been 15 out to 16 and not much action outside of those. The horse that we're going to have a look at here is Melody Man, uh, and it's in the Alco Pop colours, the green and the black stripes. Out the back. Yeah. Melody Man was first up this day for the Jake Stevens Yard. As you said, uh, those famous colours made by Alco Pop. Look, last preparation, he put the riding on the wall. It was quite a, a stayer to watch. I thought he would, when he'd come back, we'd go through his grades. I thought I'd found it at $17 first up, but the market agreed with me and backed it off the map. By the time I chimed in, I was probably taking unders. As you said, it's ran on really well there late to run second. I think... Um, the, the fitness of that run, he's a horse who's progressive. There's a lot of horses that in this event have probably reached their mark. He's on the up. Todd Panel rides. I think he's going to go awfully hard to beat. I think we can keep following it. Whatever it does today, he steps up to the 1,800, 2,000. He's a, a star of some promise. He's bred to get a trip, and uh, Jake Stevens definitely knows what to do with his runners. So we'll follow Melody Man tomorrow and keep following it through his preparation. Just looking at that, uh, his action there and sticking at the fourteen hundred. I was that... just going to ask Bagman about that. You know, no, no queries there. Staying at the fourteen hundred, Bagman. Yeah. Look, that's the only thing for mine. I probably would have liked to have seen a probably sixteen plus sort of mark. Second up, um, as you said, he's out of Fiorente. Extra Virgin was a uh, a very smart mare in this state. Bred to get a trip, definitely will improve whatever it does today. Uh, sorry, on Saturday, and uh, we can keep following it. I think it will be getting the cash, though, however, on Saturday. Um, greetings, Ned, is also in that event, who was fantastic last start. Have a very healthy respect for that. So um, I think Melody Man should be winning, and maybe Greetings, Ned, can uh, run the Quinella for us. Mm. And what about the Clark and running in that one? I see Ka- Kayla Crowther, it's her birthday today. She's Kayla on Crowther. the Short Stories, who's uh, also jumping up in trip. Thoughts on yeah, that Melody, Melody Man will be beating that home. Okay. Ultra confident. Mm, good. Any other thoughts in here? I think it just got scratched, short stories. Look Did at it? it. Just right then. Just, just right coming out of the So yeah. it, will be, it will be beating at home then. It's a certainty now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good stuff. So it's uh, Melody Man in race seven and then uh, race three, number one, Street Tough is uh, Bagman. What, what were we going to say, Nico? Well, the, uh, with the season sort of coming to a close there, I, I did see sort of earlier in the week a bit of talk on Twitter about the SA Trainers Premiership that uh, oh, yeah. Hickmon's mm-hmm. making a bit of a late sort of charge. Um Bagman's against him early one, race number two with Pindarik going with uh, Street Tough. Do you sort of look into that at all, uh, Shane, into sort of um, trainers sort of setting up their horses late in the season to potentially win that premiership? Well, I think Michael Hickmond, as you can see by the amount of runners he's entered, not only this weekend, but the cast couple, he's definitely making a, a big charge to try and win that premiership. It's a golden opportunity for his stable to take this uh, title. He doesn't have as many runners as these other stables. He's got a fantastic strike rate. Actually, when I was doing the strike rates the other day, he's uh, probably the leading strike rate trainer in the country. So he does a fantastic job. It's not only the trainers, also the jockeys are in a very tight premiership struggle at the moment. Jess Eaton and Todd Panel. That will go right down to the wire. I have uh, 
very good information that uh, one prominent punter's had a very sizable bet on Todd Panel to win the uh, premiership. So uh, maybe there's a little bit of info there for the uh, little birdie followers. There you go. Eagle. eagle is that our man eagle no, no, no it's not eagle it's not eagle it's not eagle, eagle. Uh-huh. okay so uh the sa metro jockey premiership top sporter got a market there todd panels a dollar 75 jess eaton 205 stubby holder 41 vorster 101 and kayla crowther the birthday girl 101 i think what you can take out of that is going to be a lot of intent from trainers and riders over these next few oh, however long no, it's they'll be all trying season. to get there last month or so they're, they're all going to be trying to win these races Absolutely. So they're going to be plenty of intent, which is great if you're looking at... And their stables will be helping the jocks out. Well, vice versa, but yeah, Mm. a lot of intent. Outstanding. All right. All right, here's COVID over there, Bagman. Yeah, peaked a little bit early last week, didn't I? I, uh, (laughs) came out swinging. Um, This is the state to be. Uh, We'll probably be in lockdown by the weekend. So, uh, yeah, yeah, really flying in the tipping stakes at the moment. Yeah, you got the most... Of all the premiers, your bloke's nearly the most risk-averse, Steve Marshall. I'll tell you what, but they don't mind the uh, the cash over there, the the private plane. Oh, private plane from Indonesia. Yeah, Indonesia or Vietnam. The family, full of COVID, (laughs) COVID ravage, is allowed to uh, fly in. Incredible stuff. All over the country. Unbelievable. All right. Thanks, Bagman. Good luck this weekend, and uh, hopefully you can find a winner or two. Cheers, guys. Have a great weekend. Fantastic stuff. If you're having a bet this weekend, make sure you check out topsport.com.au. They are Australia's biggest betting bookie. They've been in the game for 35 years. The Merlihan's up at the Gold Coast. They are pretty much COVID-free up there, and uh, they won't take a backward step. They love taking punters on. And I do see that in Queensland now, all bookmakers now have to bet to a minimum of $1,000. First, first, so first of July. First of July. Mate. So the betting rules have changed. So make sure if uh, you're getting bets rejected from uh, Top Sport or any other bookie uh, from Queensland Racing onwards today, it's a uh, bet to win 1000 So dob your bookie in um, and we'll tweet it and we'll talk about it. We're uh, here for the punters and uh, so are Top Sport. Top Sport are uh, pretty big on uh, minimum bet laws and uh, they are campaigning for it as much as they can. They love to take a bet because that's that's what grows the game. I have to pull you up though. He's, he's, he's not COVID free up on the Gold Coast, mate. I was supposed to be going there on Sunday and they were OFF, so um, that's a red zone, yeah. I mean, it isn't, I think there's only one case there or something, but some lady up there has travelled all over the state with it. Unbelievable. <laughs> so we're going to bloody... Can't find we're, a way. we're going to Safety Beach instead of going to the Gold Coast. Anyway. <laughs> Shark Bay, Safety <laughs> Beach. <laughs> oh, we might take a break and we'll, uh, we'll talk about Flemington races. DK might be out there instead. Go to Flemington for a holiday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be your missus would love that. <laughs> 12 degrees and raining at Flemington, <laughs> so that's going to be great. Go to Crown. Go to the big house. Yeah, I'll go to the big house. We'll take a break. Welcome back to Bet Doctor. Behind the curtain, look at how pro partners operate a struggle with that one. I'm your host, Scoot, and I've got DK and Nico, and it's time to talk about Flemington back at headquarters. How good is that? We love betting here. All horses or most horses get a chance unless they're sort of buried in the coffin in the fence, but uh, it's a cracking track. He's doing a really good job, Liam O'Keefe, with the track out there. The uh, first race we're going to have a look at is race five, the MSS Security Rivet Series final. Finals day out at Flemington, Nico. Rivet. And Rivet. Rivet series. Rivets. Rivet. Pop rivet. I'm riveted. <laughs> anyway, let's have a look at the market. Odds courtesy of Top Sport. We've got Star of Uma, $3.90. Uh, Aiden's Field's been five fifty into 5 Foxy Freed at $6. Divine Dios at six fifty. dollars uh, Tiny little move there. Comica, $10 into nine fifty. Sensational, sensationalization. 
Thirteen dollars. Gee, I struggled uh, pronouncing a couple of tennis players yesterday on the sports show, and I'm starting to uh, get grayed up on the nags. But uh, we're going to have a look at the replay of Star of Yuma last time winning in Adelaide. You think the Adelaide uh, form's good enough on finals day, Nico? Yeah, well, a lot of the Melbourne form's no good. So, uh, yeah, definitely the interstate form could be to the fore there on Saturday. This was Star of Yuma last start. I think it was in the Parks track at Morfittville. Just kind of sat second and was just way too good for her opposition here. Comes away from them. Um, wins this race with ease. Although she didn't beat much, she's come to Victoria before. She started $5 in the the Twilight Glow where she ran third um, behind Hindam and La Mexicana. La Mexicana sort of mm. put up a picket fence through the autumn mm. and actually beat um, Aidensfield convincingly uh, sort of this sort of in February um, earlier this year. So you can get a bit of a form tie in there. Look, this just isn't a strong race. Um, Aidensfield off her spring form or you'd say she'd come here and just win. I thought her run first up was just okay. I thought her jump outs leading in weren't that good. She's got barrier number one here. I'm sort of questioning where she's going to get to on the map. Um, and like I said, I don't know if she's in the same sort of form as she was sort of last spring. I thought that first up run was just sort of okay. She had every sort of possible chance there from 13 and couldn't get past a few horses who, um, you know, free to move won that race at 150s and Brenlin's Trooper ran second at 200s or something so i don't know if that's the sort of greatest form race so star of yuma comes here she's fit she's in form she gets mark zara from barrier number 12 i think they're going to have to send her right forward they could potentially even lead this race she's shown the capability to do that and it looks um suited staying at the 1400 the, the horses outside of her as well like divine diosa had a complete pr last start at caulfield last week where she just sucked along the fence foxy Frieda's a mile or she stays at the 1400 but she won a really weak race and is now sort of a month between runs. So I just think there's so many holes in these other horses that um, she looks pretty easy to find at sort of $3.20, and uh, I was happy to back her at that price. Mm. What, uh, what do you uh, think? I just had a look. There didn't look a lot of speed on paper there, and she's going to come across. Maybe her and Comica, they're just going to get a very nice we time. Get, we get Zara. Like. Yeah, and get Zara. So you see what he does with those horses, Eulog January and things like that, that he's been riding on pace and just getting them to rate them well and just keep kicking up the straight very hard to get past. So, yes, and like I said, yeah, there's not a lot of strength in the local form, so some fresh legs from out wide could be the, to the fore from um, when McAvoy's horses are going well at the moment. Yeah, like there could be, like the Banjo Patterson series final grand promenade's $1.80, he'll probably win. Dice Roll's a short price favourite in the winter championship, he'll probably win, but, you know, looking away from the sort of complete obvious, mm -hmm. I thought she was a horse on the card that, you know, at sort of $3 plus, I'd be happy to get involved there. Um, yeah, just looking for a bit of DF on this program, especially in a few of these uh, fillies and mares races for sure. What about Divine Diosa on the backup? I know it probably got favours, but still beat a horse, a pretty good horse there. Yeah, I don't know if I'm Thunderstruck was on his best there. He missed a start and he didn't parade that well either, which I was sort of expecting him to improve. I thought he did at sale and he didn't that much. Um, she's very well exposed. Like you go back three starts, she's beaten at a benchmark 64. I think Star of Humor's going to be a proper Saturday class sort of mare going forward. I don't know if Divine Diosa will be. Um, so I was kind of happy enough just to back in the what I think is going to be the best horse in the race, and she gets the best setup. She'll go forward, get Zara, and she's in form. So uh, yeah, three dollars plus, happy to bet there. Mm. And Tony McAvoy has a has a knack for spiking horses off bad runs or figuring them out, like something else. Like you're rolling, you're rolling. No, so yeah, in, he, in he can case, get them from the brink. They can get be them hard, back. But again, then in that same way, it's going to be very hard to catch. Absolutely, you know. But I think if they're if they're solid in the market around this quote, yeah, like you had two. First starters around this three to four dollar range debuted at Bent Ballarat. One got beaten a pimple and one won. Mm -hmm. You know, so they're there to run well. They're on pace, 
I think the market, if the market's sort of indoor with these around this price, I think they're going to run really well, especially mm. on pace horses like it. Yeah, he can uh, definitely. Uh, yeah, but it has been hard to catch in the past. Yeah, like so he, he just surprised me. Your horse is absolutely gone, and then he he, he figures them out somehow. Mm. Yeah, it's um, it is as a punter, it's uh, it's awfully frustrating. Let's have a look at uh, the next one on the card, the race seven. We're going to preview here the G H Mum Mahogany Challenge Final. No worries about the pronunciation there, DK. I know no, what I love, the, is. love the mum, love yeah. a bit of mum. <laughs> Be on it the last week of July. <laughs> Unique no. artist four sixty out of five. Ruba five fifty. Uh, Don Arcaneglo is uh, seven into six dollars. Token Spirit six dollars. Uh, Literati ten dollars. Murrumbidgee River eleven dollars. And uh, Cakewalk Baby sixteen into thirteen. Nico, we're going to have a look at uh, the John O'Shea runner, uh, Don Arcaneglo or something. Archangelo, is it? Archangelo. Yeah, so he's just sort of blending into the race here in the uh, Kerwin's Lane colours, which uh, the punters at home would be familiar with, with uh, Walter tipping a few times. But here he is just pulling away from his rivals in the blinkers. Um, this is the first time he sort of stepped out to a real trip. This was only, what, five days ago. Um, so it must have been... He's on the seven-day backup. Seven yeah, so it'll be the seven-day backup. Um, this was 2,300, comes to 2,500, which I think will be a positive. He's had a really good grounding, this preparation. He's had two 1,600-meter runs, then he had two 1,800-meter runs. Then wins that. I know that was a class one at Newcastle when you look in behind him and like the horses he beat were absolutely um, legless by the looks yep. of it. Smashed him though. It looks like a different horse since the blinkers have gone off. You get Willow who's absolutely flying maybe, like we saw. Maybe. Or if he can come down. No, he's down. He's well, he down. They've let, him, they've let him. He's supposed to be isolated for 14 days. This is Craig Williams. Um, I read about it. They've let him accept rides on Saturday on the proviso that if they change Queensland to a Orange zone between now and Friday night. They're okay. going to give him some grace. So yeah, that's why he's got the rides. So, but he's supposed to be doing. He's, he's part of that fourteen day isolation. So yeah, a bit messy. But anyway, oh, but you know, yeah, if he gets Willow, ideally. But there's a little query there. Well, prayers we do get Willow. Like I said, this horse is just very progressive, and he strikes a field here that like these two thousand meter races that have been run at Flemington and Caulfield. They're just sort of every time that these three rods are running around, like the DF's just winning. Unique artists come out of a high-rating maiden last start and absolutely bolted in. Um, the, the race before that, Namaqua came out of a Ballarat synthetic benchmark 58 mm, and won yeah, comfortably. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think the DF's just so sort of potent in these races, and he is that. Um, he's on the quick backup. Like, if we get Willow, that's a huge tick. He's definitely going to run 2,500 metres. He just looks a complete stay of the Sun of Saturday. DF is in different form, yeah. yeah. Different for form, yeah. So for people yeah. at home that know. Like, a lot of these are very intertwined. Um, Rabia just... I think you'll be sort of getting out to 2,400, but just doesn't seem like he can put one of one of these races away. Unique artist won last start, but, you know, she was $26, and now she's sort of $4 here. I don't know if you'd want to be getting involved there. Token Spirit had a complete birthday at Soundown where they went real slow just to sit and sprint. The main danger got stuck in behind him, and he was just sort of um, just left there to win the race. So there's just holes everywhere in this race, and I thought um, Don Arcangelo, or whatever his name is, uh, can definitely... Give us a sight here at sort of seven dollars. I wouldn't be surprised if he starts favourite, to be honest, just on the backup and with that it was different form line. It was it was a really weak race. I was betting into the uh, the Don Arcangelo race, and I took him on. And I think the caller Luke Marlow, who he's not a bad judge, uh, he said the only worry about this horse is whether he runs a trip. That was the only danger because I think he won it about even money. Yep. Looking at that that footage, he looks like he'll he'll get the extra mm-hmm. or like he. The way he was ridden there, it looks like more distance. He was coming up from what eighteen. 
It was up yeah. from two eighteen hundred. That was twenty three hundred. Yeah. Now he goes to twenty five hundred. So the trainer's telling you, John O'Shea, he's not jumping him eighteen to two thousand. He's put him eighteen to twenty three fifty. Mm. He's telling you he's a mile and a mile and a half horse. I haven't run the know? stats on it, but I'm sure if we did, uh, John O'Shea bringing his horses to Melbourne, they've just been very sort of uh, profitable. I imagine a lot of the horses he's brought down here in recent sort of times. He had a really good carnival sort of going back to last spring. So I'm um, definitely a trainer you can look for when he. When he travels his horses and to scoot's point saying this horse will be strong weight like if you look back at that replay he's worked through the line like they go 100 meters past the post and he's just putting a further yeah, gap well, that's, well, that's, that's that's the icing that was probably the main thing i was looking at to say he'll run 2500 yeah so. the other thing those good trainers do and you probably is the um the bloods or what is it that that lactic test they give him that can tell them whether they got the stamina and they can stay or not and that's why he would have been happy to He's saying this horse, I'm being it's all start pointing this horse being a mile and a half horse. Mm. He doesn't need to run at 2,000 metres. We'll just step him straight up. So, um, And off that, then he, he goes to the – and we like a horse around that distance range. There's another tick who's had the run around that distance range. Mm. So he's had that run at the mile and a half, basically, going to a Flemington mile and a half. That's, that sets up well from other horses who are sticking, stepping up off 2,000. The other horse uh, that was a pretty impressive – First start when it was Murray and Bidji River on the yes, barrel. Yes, oh, yeah. oh, that one, hurt. One that, by that hurt. One, one by three lengths that day. It did, and um, wasn't fancied though. That's why I didn't back it. Bloody thing. So <laughs> that was there was there was a hole in all the, what Nico talked about a hole in all the race in that race. So I went looking. There was two first starters. One from Matt Kamani. Both by I think they're both by fe, uh, fair fair well, Yeah, this horse cost three hundred and fifty thousand as a yearling Murray and Bidji River. That piqued me straight away. Fair three hundred fifty thousand must be a magnificent type. Anyways, nothing in the trials at all, but Jay Allen on. I thought, well, there's a bit of intent there with Jay Allen anyway. He was – I decided not to bet in the race. All the money came with the Kamani thing. Jay Allen came, was late. I said, I'll just stay out there first starters. And anyway, it, it bloody won. They both were really good runs, but it won. Um, so it's obviously a very nice type. But um, I don't know how you take that into – 1,500 synth, though, exactly. to then jumping synth, up yeah. immediately. And it was a great – Jay Allen just got all the momentum just as he, as he rides those horses so well, so – yeah, so 1,525 at his second 25 start. 25 second start, but again, that's... It's easy. the right camp, and then it goes <sighs> Alan to Zara. So for yeah. me, that just rings alarm yeah, bells can, at that yeah. price. But he must be a nice, like 350000 for a free rent. And then I went and Googled it and about his, what they said about him at the sales and everything, and they said, yeah, he's a magnificent type. And, and I just thought, oh, geez, he might be a slow horse looking at his trials, but um, he's obviously a mile and a half. He's the, obviously 3,000 metres. I think the gelding operation... Uh, Really, sort of did wonders did. there. From he couldn't get out of his own way in the first trials. They've probably tried him as some sort of staying stallion prospect because yep. Sunstud stayed in him, mm. and he could not get out of his own way. And then they gelded him, and he obviously showed a bit more. Um, yeah, so bloody interesting. It's just a lot. It's I was dirty that I I looked at him for about thirty minutes that horse, and I never coined on him. I was just a bit oh, then he bloody won. But anyway, it is what it is. But it's, it's I just like learning. It's always bits bits of the puzzle, you know. Outstanding stuff. So we might have a, a bet on the dawn, and I might uh, have a little sneaky saver on Murrumbidgee River. Make sure uh, you check out punningform.com.au. Their 200-metre sectionals are brilliant. It's not only on Australian racing. It's Hong Kong and Singapore. You can get all the splits, so uh, www.punningform.com.au and support one of our sponsors. We'll take a quick break, and we've got Rose Hill next with uh, Angry Walt. Not happy about what the... What you talk to him about? Yeah, not happy about the earmuffs. And uh, the New South Wales tracks are a bit funny at the moment. Warwick Farm uh, was an absolute cow paddock yesterday and it just seems like the, the wet weather. They just can't really cope with it as well as uh, Victoria, mm. can they? It's a lot yeah. wetter up there. Yeah, true. I, uh, I can see, but it uh, be interesting to see. He speaks to a lot of trainers and jockeys, so we'll ask him uh, what they talk about when uh, talking about New South Wales metro tracks. We'll take a quick break. 
Welcome back to the Doctor Behind the Curtain. Look at how pro punters operate. I'm your Scoot. Got DK and Nico in studio. And now it's time to talk to our angriest friend at the Gold Coast, Johnny Walter from Racing Watch. How are you, big fella? You giving that uh, that boxing bag a bit of a, a run through? <laughs> Mate, uh, I've been laying DK's for weeks because I don't believe he can keep this run up. So I've been giving it a nice workout because they all seem to be saluting. That's it. Absolutely yeah, airborne. Good luck with that. Got some uh, COVID up in yeah, the COVID, Gold Coast and ruined COVID infested joint. DK's up there. holidays absolutely ruined, gone ruined. to shit. I was coming up to see you. We uh, we had to fake a few to make sure he couldn't get across the border, but everyone <laughs> sort of put their heads together up here and thought it was worthwhile to keep him out. So we've uh, we're, we're, we're bound together. It's brought us closer. Speaking of uh, faking it, we uh, spoke about it earlier on in the show, and seems like was it Sunday they left the earmuffs on a runner despite him saying pre-race that they were going to take them off. And then retrospectively, the stewards have said, no, no, the earmuffs were meant to be on for the entire race. Well, run us through this absolute circus. What happened? So I don't mind the old uh, trial in earmuffs and then come off race day, usually a bit of intent. So it misses the kick in its trial, circles them, obviously got really good speed, obviously a bit of a hothead or something like that. They wouldn't be putting the earmuffs on if it was fully tractable, but trialed really well against an open-class horse, then goes back to the maiden, Pre-race earmuffs only was the uh, the gear for Sunday. Going around to the gates, normally they're red earmuffs when they come off behind the gates because they're removable. This thing had the black earmuffs on. I'm seeing it sort of seven, eight minutes out, so I thought I'd better tweet the um, respective people. And uh, I never obviously got a reply. After the race, waiting for the stewards report for two days, nothing in the stewards report. And you might want to watch the ride too. It was a bit quiet. But anyway, that's another situation. And then I thought, oh, I better tweet. And then I go and check the gear. Now we've got earmuffs on. Despite me sort of sending a picture of the gear on the day uh, on the original tweet, uh, then two days later we now have earmuffs on, uh, pre-race earmuffs off, earmuffs on. And, uh, yeah, the horse was only beaten a length. It was uh, one, I can't remember the name of it, of a, haven't slept since, but um, yeah. Anyway, as <laughs> the trainer just uh, balls it up because it sounds like the intent should have been to have the red earmuffs, and then they've put on the wrong ones and the black ones, and it's gone around in the earmuffs. Is it just a complete balls up from the trainer here? And then I'll the stewards of okay. racing Australia has missed a huge change. Okay, racing Australia. Is it because the, the stewards? There's a cadet steward there. His job is. Check all the gear on the horses when they come in. You got the blinkers on. You mm. got this tick, tick, tick. So something's gone awry. He's somewhere. had a big night. Where yeah, was I'd it? Say, I'd say because if it was the the, the trainer, they would have dispatched him and mm. find him or whatever. Um, but for it to just be uh, a late gear change two days after the race, um, I would say that it was a clerical error. Mm. Not that so you know, like, no. it was six dollars to three fifty. And I, you know, people. Some people don't take earmuffs as seriously as I do, but I, like dead set, you go for a run in, you know, with earplugs in and see how you go. <laughs> yeah, I do. I sleep in earplugs. My missus is pregnant. And she's snoring her head off. Oh, yeah, oh nothing worse. Absolute torture. It's another story. I could talk about it for a long time. But um, you speak to a lot of. Uh, well, in the past, you've spoken to a lot of jockeys and trainers and. I was betting away at Warwick Farm yesterday, found a couple of runners, and uh, it was a bit of a cow paddock. What's what's the sentiment from trainers and jockeys about New South Wales metro tracks? Because punters are pretty vocal. Uh, when it's heavy, or it just seems to be wetter than it should be all the time. 
Oh, drainage-wise, yeah, obviously it is. I think they've sort of all just learnt to deal with it. So you know, you know how how they all sort of play under circumstances like Warwick Farm. If it's a little bit wet, you can sort of get off the fence and you can slingshot around them. If it's really wet, it doesn't really matter where you are. So you can cut up the inside and it's sort of just a ploughed paddock, like you said. Um, others, you know, different sort of Canterbury, it doesn't really matter. It's fence, 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 doesn't matter anymore. Roundwick outside, they all play pretty consistently. So from a trainer's, sorry, from a jockey's perspective, I don't think they really care. Trainers may get more frustrated that their horses are... Um, you know, not penalised, but, um, you know, suited one way or the other. But, you know, they, they should know because the tracks are pretty consistent. I don't really, as a punter, like, that's all you want. I'm not to, you know, the, the tracks probably, the drainage could probably improve. But if they do that, what's it going to do to the tracks? Mm. So at least now we've got an established pattern that you can sort of, you know, you know what you're going to get, which is all you really want. So if they start messing with drainage and things, all of a sudden fences are on fire or, you know, lanes and things like that, it's, so it is what it is. It's it's workable at the moment, and you know I, I you know I don't think they're too bad. And uh, you're a bit disappointed. Uh, last Saturday we were chatting sort of off air about Eagle Farm, and if, well, Craig Williams mm. was absolutely on fire. I thought he rode Tofane to an absolute treat. Just put the race out of doubt in a very early stage. It was one of Fletcher's uh, best. I think it was an early uh, top sport bet. It was six dollars. It got crunched into about three forty or something like that. But I was staggered as you were. How many, how many jockeys in Brisbane just stayed to the fence or stayed to those inside lanes, and not more of them tried to uh, find that outside fence? Yeah, so Defane obviously had plenty on them, and once you've got that sort of, it's obviously easier to get to where you need to get to if your horses are, are travelling strongly and all that sort of thing. But like, so there's just so many drawn. Uh, you know, middle to inside gates that were just resigned to the fact they weren't going to get there. So they just waited for an inside run and just took it. It was really weird. There was no angling. There was no attempt to get anywhere near. But I just, I, I do think the majority of people in racing don't understand that, you know, that it's not a matter of a half a length or a length or a neck, for, you know, riding a bias. It's, you know, four, five, six lengths in some cases. And I just don't think that has ever hit home with a lot of them. So they just think, oh, well, the run's there. I'll take it rather than, you're basically putting yourself out of the race. They don't see it that way. Yeah, you even saw with Willow, even when he was sort of riding out to Fana, he's still trying to get to those outside lanes at last 300. So um, even with his whip, he's kind of not hitting the horse, but he's sort of he's guiding it, it to, to get out wider mm. and wider and wider. He's a great proponent of the whip, great user of the whip. You know, he's just, I've said it before. And great show, walker, great, you know, great tactician. So if you if you got any doubt, surely you just follow him. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. And just absolutely schooling him. So, uh, yeah, it, it blows my mind. Um, but that's the difference. And we talk about it all the time. Jockeys in form. And DK mentioned it on last week's show. There's uh, there's definitely, uh, the, I guess, the apprentices at the moment, uh, the good ones. We saw Josh Richards, what, he rode four winners four the other day. Four time. Four time the other day. And then the good the good jockeys are still around because of COVID. Carr and Lane and uh, Benny Mellon and all those sort of riders. So they're the, they're the uh, jockeys and combinations that you need to follow. And uh, it's very stark, and a great example of that was Eagle Farm last Saturday. So go back and uh, learn a few lessons from that meeting. Let's have a look at uh, Rose Hill. We already discussed uh, Randwick uh, to Rose Hill last week and uh, moving tracks. I know, Walt, uh, you think it's like racing, uh, what, moving a meeting from Earth to Mars. So we've already covered that one. Well, like at worst, you've got to have the option to, to cancel your bets. At worst, if, if not, it should be you know a new meeting. And I understand some people get better odds than not. And last week we were we were the ones who had the better odds. But 
I didn't want triple the odds at the different racetrack regardless. And I, I think you should at least have the option. And I had a situation with the tab where I love they come out and say they're the, they're the you know, ring up and we'll, we'll allow you. Their system does not have the availability to cancel a bet if it's a leg of a multi. So, okay, um, you've got a, a live bet, okay. You've got a live bet going for the end, But what if it's the last leg of a multi you've got going for a life-changing result? You can't cancel. So, uh, I don't, I'm not saying they're false advertising, but it was very, um, you know, selected advertising of what they can and can't do. They can cancel individual bets, but not multi-bets. And it's because it's part of their system is the only reason that's the mm. rule. It's not because they don't want to or it's not really good enough. Yeah, you're fond of a multi, and uh, I, uh, I, I there's been many times where I've taken a multi and one leg gets sausage, and then you don't really want the bet. So mm. I understand, mm. I understand where mm. what's coming coming from there. All right, let's have a look at uh, this this Saturday. Let's try and find a winner, and I don't think they're going to uh, move this meeting. But uh, funny things have happened. We're looking at the uh, the Top Sport Highway Class Three handicap. Hellenism is the favourite here. Five into four eighty. Private Agent five dollars. Night Driver. 550, uh, Anthol is 7, Absolute Trust 11, Moeta 12, and Lady River 13. That's about as far as we're going to go. And uh, I think we're going to have a look at the first up run of Hellenism. Talk us through this one, Walt, in the lime green on the fence. So I'm, I'm leaving, like, obviously prepped up a little bit, but it was 370 days, eight days between runs here. So obviously very good Second horse, sorry. to come. The horse that beats it here is a horse called Miravision. Miravision's come out and ran well and then won in town since. So good, strong form lines uh, for going dropping back to a highway we're talking about here. So, And there's also Cafe Royale's come out and won in town and Reduce Images won twice up in um, Queensland, I believe. So it finished back in the pack there. So pretty good, strong form for that. 1,200 first up. You'd expect it to improve. It went to Warwick Farm on a heavy track. It's next start. Again, ran really well, like a, a pretty um, aggressive ride, we'll call it, uh, there, and sort of hit the front, late petered out and got a bit of a check. So completely forgetting how far it was beaten there. And also I like that it's had a – so it's had the first up run. I'm telling that was a bit of a gut buster. It's had the clean out run since 19 days, back to 1,100 from 1,200. Gate one, we get Blake's Briggs off, Tim Clark on and going back in grade to a Class 3 Setways Highway or whatever it is. And what did you say, $4.80? I'd be surprised if this horse starts north of 2 to 1. Wow. All right. Yeah, I, box sticker. Box sticker. Box sticker. I like the way it uh, just pushed its way through the fence. I, there's nothing worse when a horse gets cluttered up and uh, they just sort of suck out the back. So it's got a little bit of a character and a bit of will about this horse. And it'll be in the coffin again here. DK will be on the edge of his seat. <laughs> Very <like> one. <laughs> Anything there for you, Nico? No, I probably agree with Walt there. I, I sort of looked at this and thought, well, the 12 back to 11 looks uh, pretty suited there. So, um, yeah, no no sort of other thoughts from me. No. All right. Let's, uh, let's have a look at race six. Um, I thought it was the Lady Lynette here, but it's uh, the Lynette Lamphy Memorial Handicap. Uh, we've got odds courtesy of Top Sport on the screen here. And Canasta is 380 into 350. Oscar Zulu is 440 into 390. Cisco Bay, 480. $6 Grand Piano. New Arrangement, 850. Ruby Tuesday, 11 into 950. That's moved this morning. Someone might have knocked it off. 11 already, you dog. I didn't know. I haven't backed it. I haven't touched it. <laughs> Uh, military zone, $19 into 17 and kiss your mother the rest. We're going to have a look at uh, the replay of Ruby Tuesday, last start in the white with the pink 
bright pink. So they went out really quick here. Probably um, I would have, I would have, uh, or not saying it's that wide, no cover the whole way. So when we've chimed into the replay there, it's worked the whole race. It's worked around the field, and then obviously by now it's it's, it's entitled to get tired off a really fast tempo. And I'm just going to bring up how quick they went. I think they went like six or seven, but they went about six above. Uh, seen to many's the winner like, at 50s. Zing second. Yeah, Le Chavalier was stiff. Um, uh, there and I think goes around a pretty short price favourite uh, in another race in the day. This horse has had a quite a long prep and had hard race, and that's probably the only query I've got. But this is the first time it draws a soft gate, even if it misses the kick. What I am expecting here is similar to last week. Canasta's sort of been ham- uh, hanging around this uh, 13, 14, 14, 15 on the seven day backup. I think he's just being a bit one paced and he looks to get full control here of the speed with Ruby Tuesday right behind him. I see Ruby Tuesday sort of pulling off the back, maybe out sprinting, and then either uh, Oscar Zulu, Cisco Bay, these horses are going to have to make up ground to run down Ruby Tuesday. I don't think it's anywhere near a moral, but I thought the $11 was just was just wrong. Um, yeah, certainly of the two races, the first race is my more confident uh, selection, but I do think Ruby Tuesday is over the odds just because of just a pure map bet at, at Rose Hill, a horse going really well. Wet track, no problem. Um, coming off a really uh, good effort last start and should be just in the right place at the right time on Saturday. Mm. 52 it, uh, kilos as well. It does look a hot little race. Yeah, probably a good uh, position to find Rachel King as well, just sort of stalking in behind the speed there. Seems to be where she does a lot of her better sort of riding. Agree. I just don't want – all I don't want to see is it missing at half and her jamming the shit out because it actually does have decent speed. And if, if it does miss it a little bit, which the horse is – probably odds on to do. I just wanted to just be patient and just get the back of Canasta and she'll be fine. I just don't want to see a jam it and then her and Canasta ending up seven in front or something crazy like that. But, you know, $11 from the run it should get with no weight as long as she's counts to 20 instead of five or something, we should be fine. Looking at the meeting, sort of a few of the other races or the other what eight races on the card, given there's 10 there on Saturday, there's a few horses up from Melbourne. Um, Sir Davey early in the program, a lot of the Ma horses, Ma Eustace, Maserati Bay's gone up there as well, who looked like he was knocking on the door for a win down here in Melbourne. How do you sort of uh, treat that from a Sydney form analyst point of view, Walt, uh, with these Melbourne Brutal. shippers coming up? Brutal. So it's, nearly, it's like a, <laughs> nearly a glorified provincial meeting, probably a Wednesday meeting. So it's not silly for these guys to come hunting the the crazy prize money. I think it's the first day we jumped to 130 and I think the highways is it 100 and it's over 100. So uh, it's it's very difficult where you've got a, like a provincial meeting or a Wednesday, a lot of form lines like decent provincial horses and those borderline horses trying to sort of meeting in different form lines for the first time. Then you throw in Melbourne, then you throw in wet tracks, then you throw in a lot of the jockeys are away. It's diabolical really. And yeah, 10 race cards. I, they, I know they want big fields and they have got them for most of the day, but that only makes our jobs more difficult. And it's probably the hardest meeting on first look I've seen in a long time. And the highway turned out to be, you know, not too bad, I don't think. But uh, the rest of them, extremely difficult to line all these form lines up, especially with, you know, it could it could be anywhere from a six to an eight or a nine. Not easy. Gee, I tell you what, not easy is 11 o'clock start in the morning. 11 till... 4.30. I know DK is a proponent of uh, oh, 10 race cards on Saturday, but geez, 11 o'clock, you'd be barely back from Auskick. The uh, bacon and egg roll would just be starting oh, to hit, a, hit the guts. Two-year-old and... race full of first starters first, then a, oh, then a, then a staying race for this. And then you know, the real racing starts, starts at midday, later. 12.30, yeah. 
Yeah, tight the, schedule in the morning. Right, put the races, the participants' races on early, and then you get the real races, oh. uh, the punting races after that. That's the go, Scoop. And the uh, the Perth viewers, oh. they're uh, they're cracking into it at nine a.m. First, <laughs> yeah. first race at Rose Hill, so it's uh, gee, it's really Don't early. Brassel at seven. Get up at seven, mate. Corn flakes with Brassel, and you're ready by <laughs> nine to launch. <laughs> oh, outstanding! Let's have a look at uh, the top sport big bets. There's a couple of beauties in here. Rose Hill at race two, number three, Hellenism. Gee, I think what well, might have five dollars as well, you dog. Two and a half thousand at five dollars, Hellenism. So uh, Walt's obviously uh, got one of his mates to just steam in, or it could be his own. And then uh, Rose Hill race nine, number seven, Lackeen. It's it's on the move too, six fifty. I think top odds there was seven dollars, and now it's uh, started to trickle off into the five dollar fifty range. So Walt's saying that uh, race two, number three, Hellenism is the best of his two races that he's previewed, and uh, the next Clearly. big, hey, Clearly. Hmm. won't uh, what is it three dollars in the new language is as, uh, as the top price or where he'd stop backing Hellenism at he. Uh, He's encouraging you to absolutely uh, chip up there. And Flemington, race five, number six, Foxy Frieda, 1000 at $6. Any interest there, boys? Well, we're, we're against, given we're tipping Star of Unima there. So um, yeah, she's got a chance, Foxy she's Frieda. She's having a good prep. She's racing well. She's nearly a month between runs yeah. there on Saturday. Um, yeah. Five at 1000 I wouldn't be putting it on her, that's for sure. And uh, Flemington, uh, race six, number two, dice roll is the other one, $3,000 at $2.30. Nick Ryan can. The quick shooters were uh, fast on the money there, uh, Nico. They went up too big a price. Like, this two to one. Dead set be a dollar seventy off what yeah, he did so last time. Two fifteen currently at the quick, Yeah, the sharpshooters were straight on as it went off like, went off at like one minute later. I think you could you could take two fifteen because I think you'll start shorter. Mm. So horses syndicates will probably look to get very involved in. He's had three runs here in Australia. He's won all of them. He's been set for the race. He's got a very easy map from I think barrier six or seven. Uh, yeah, I think anything above evens, you could probably chip up there. To be honest, mm. what about when the mighty Kerwin's lets loose? I see that Kerwin's lane. Nah, dice roll could be uh, sort of group class come the spring. I don't know if Kerwin's Lane's at that sort of level. There's a bit of talk about dice roll. two starts ago. That's all we care about. That's it. <laughs> We've already got the money. Who cares? Couldn't agree more. And then the other one is uh, Unique Artist, and it's 1500 at 550 in uh, in race seven. Do we want to hold that ticket? Maybe, maybe oh, not. Well, you'd hope someone who's had that bet back at last start and Plot throwing something on again, you know. Mm. Wouldn't we miss them last start? Take having the, your first the free roll. Yeah, twenty six last start. Now and seven seven fifty to two eighty to start before that. So mm. if you, someone they just hopefully they're, getting, they're playing up their money, you know. Mm. Outstanding yeah. stuff. That's a wrap from us. Any final thoughts, Walt? You want to launch you? Uh, any update and your little uh, detention? Next week. I got my appeal Monday. British Open the following week, so she's all happening. They're going to let you out of the country on the bag for uh, one of your good mates. Aaron was it Aaron Price? Pike. 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 Bryce was a, was a good man. He's not playing, but yeah, no, he's doing it tough. He just flies straight from Ohio on Jason Day's uh, uh, private jet straight into the, the the airfield there, 500 yards from the racetrack. Whereas I'll be in cattle class going by Mumbai most likely, <laughs> and probably end up you know doing 55 hours or something. But what can you do? COVID might get you. <laughs> COVID, no, doesn't get red people. <laughs> the Hulk juice, the Hulk juice will uh, set you free. I still got the grapes on ice. 
and uh, we might have to put you on ice, give you a couple of weeks off in the paddock, and uh, we'll welcome back the other maniac from the show, Casey McCutcheon, Mint Ben. I tell you what, he must have been having a couple of beers the other night. He was tweeting absolute garbage. One out to the UK, one back from the UK. That's yeah. That's what we're doing. A bit of rotation something policy. In. Something freshen, in, something in. Freshen up. Good luck on the weekend, Walt, and uh, hopefully we can uh, back a winner, and hopefully they don't uh, change tracks. Cheers. See you, mate. Thanks, mate. All right, that's uh, a wrap from us. We've got the Bris Vegas show with uh, Caloundra Cup Day, our last week of the Queensland previews, and then we're going to put that uh, that little show into the paddock. But uh, we'll keep cracking away for another couple of weeks with Bet Doctor. Yep. We might uh, we might have a week off, freshen off, freshen up. Uh, well, we've got the uh, we have got the uh, the, the trialing the the whole week of you no know, racing at the oh. end of July. Remember, end of the season or whatever. So. Um, that might be the week to do that, Scooty. Interesting scenario, that. Like, we had a horse run mm. yesterday, um, unfair dismissal. Now we're like, well, do we back him up next week? Mm. And then you sort of have a few – you can probably get two runs out of yeah. him. Then you have one, and then you get that no race week. So you, mm. there's going to be interesting scenarios come with that because, you know, people could be in the same boat as us. Do you try to sneak in two runs before that? Do you go one and then try to get a run the next week when every horse in Victoria wants to get a run in races? So, um, so the week of the 26th of July will be the one yeah. that there's no racing. So yeah. I think it's like Saturday to Saturday, isn't oh, it? I reckon we can get in three lunches, Scooty, that week. That week? <laughs> I don't know if I've got three lunches in. <laughs> uh, not after last week. It's <laughs> <laughs> nearly killed me. Anyway. Uh, f- fantastic stuff. Make sure you check us out uh, on our YouTube channel, Little Birdie TV, uh, Bet Doctor on the Twitter handle if you want to just watch this show only and racing content, horse racing content. And we're in Apple and Spotify and the SoundCloud stores as well. So you can hear us uh, and get your winners any which way you like. But uh, good, le- good luck on the weekend. Make sure you get around uh, Nico's Mounting Yard Mail Pack. All the best. See ya. See you guys.